0: And finally, I realized the meaning of the cross. I have seen many crosses in my country, but I did not know that it had something to do with me. And that day made it clear for me when I heard the gospel clearly. And um, I was told that there's a big black bag of burdens on all of our shoulders, and that's sin. And we carry it everywhere we go. But Jesus gives us the opportunity to give that burden off to Him. And it made so much sense to me, so I did that. I gave my burden. I literally physically felt lighter.
1: And for the first time, I felt secure. Welcome to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, where we take you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham. And every morning, Samaritan's Purse staff starts their day with prayer and time in God's Word. Whether you work at our headquarters in North Carolina or in a country office in Liberia, this is how we start our mornings. And these gatherings are special. We recognize that people around the world don't have the freedom to hear God's word and pray in public, let alone in the workplace. So we're grateful for this time together. Every morning we get the privilege of hearing from staff members or special guests. And today we wanted to share this devotion as we wrap up Operation Christmas Child National Collection Week and also November closes, which is National Adoption Month. So as we recognize both adoption and Operation Christmas Child, I want to invite you to join us as we gather for devotions. Last week, we had the chance to hear from a special guest, Irina Creek. Irina grew up in the former Soviet Union and she received an Operation Christmas Child shoebox as a child. I know you'll be blessed to hear her stories and go behind the scenes with us. For a morning devotion at our headquarters.
2: Good morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning, friends. Uh, My name is Hannah Bolvey, and um, I have the privilege of introducing your speaker for today. Um, But first, a prayer request today. Let's keep in mind some of the vital work that's going on in the Ukraine with um, shoeboxes. Um, that are headed there and some of the churches that we're partnering with and all of the work that they're doing. Please be in prayer for them. As well as, of course, we cannot cease to lift up the field hospital that is there. Active work still going on. People on the ground risking their lives. Let's not forget. Let's continue to pray. Um, last week, I had the privilege of being able to share with you my story of how i came to faith as a little girl and meanwhile on the other side of the world in the former soviet union um, there was a little girl living a very different life Um, but now today um, i have the privilege of counting her as a friend and as a sister in christ and so to share her story please welcome Irina creek good morning It is such a privilege for me to be
0: here this morning and to share what God has done in my life with you all, um, the people who make it possible for so many uh, to have a transformed life all around the world. Well, my name is Irina Creek, but I used to go by Stepanova Irina Vladimirovna when I was growing up in the former Soviet Union country, which I can't mention by name um, because it is a closed country today. But I was born into a family of farmers, and we started out uh, as very humble beginnings. I remember struggling quite a bit. We didn't have much food, and my parents were alcoholics, which added to the problems that we had, um, especially when my dad was under this influence of the alcohol because he would become um, violent and just uncontrollable sometimes. And um, you just never knew what would happen next with him. So he went in and out of jail for the things that would happen when he was under this influence of the alcohol. One night in particular, I remember my sister Katya was taking care of me. Um, I was about four years old, and my sister is just a year and a half older than me, but she was my Primary caregiver most of the time um, because my parents were gone a lot of times. Well, this particular night, my mom left uh to run some errands. She said she'll be back later that night. But what I remember is seeing my sister looking out into the darkness of the window there, and um she said that she has this feeling that we'll never see our mom again. And to this very day, we don't know what happened to her. She never came back, but thankfully, God knows what happened, and he has the power to work all things together for the good. And so my sister and I were taken out of that village, and I remember seeing a bus stop for the first time, and a bus, and uh, the main road, because where we lived, we just had a dirt road. It was um, just hand-built, you know, wooden um, shacks where we lived, and uh, I got to see the, the bigger world And I was excited Uh, Well, I was on the way to the orphanage. I thought it was going to be a great place because I'll make some friends. Um, But unfortunately, the caregivers were very tough on us. Um, Their military-like approach to discipline was challenging. And it made a lot of the children not interact normally with one another, unfortunately. Um, I remember feeling sad and laying there in my bed one night in particular, just feeling uh, like I have no one to support me and to help me, and I just didn't want to start another day. And I didn't know God at this point at all. I felt very much abandoned and alone, and my dream of making friends and having fun was crushed, and it went from bad to worse to worse. Um, and so... As I was laying there in my bed, all of a sudden, I was filled with um, some kind of outside influence um, that it wasn't my thoughts, but I was counseled, if you will. I was told, you are too focused on the problem you're experiencing today. And I was stunned uh, at the rebuke that all of a sudden, I didn't hear it with my ears, but I heard it so clearly that I, I just remember being like alerted just in my bed. And I was told that you forgot that you had problems that felt very much like this um, in the past, but you overcame them. And you don't even care about them anymore because they are in your past. And this, too, will pass. And I thought, well, that is so true. What am I doing? And I realized just how simple it is. I just need to not focus on this. And a question came to my mind, what should I do then? Because this is tough. And I was told to look forward instead. Look forward because there are so many more challenges. So I have to save myself um, because I have so many more things to overcome in my future. And not only that, there are great things coming my way. And so I started to look forward, as simple as that. And today, I I know it was the Holy Spirit that was speaking to me, preparing my heart for the great moment where I would know the truth fully. And the day came when I was 10 years old. At this time, I was living in a different orphanage under the same government in the same region, but it was a completely different place because this orphanage did not allow any kind of abuse. Instead, they allowed aid to come in whenever they were willing. So by God's grace, when Operation Christmas Child came into my country back then in 2001, the doors were open. My director also allowed Operation Christmas Child to come in. Many of you know how challenging it is for um, places to say yes to the aid that we're offering. But my orphanage said yes, and I praise the Lord for that, for the leaders, and for all the people who made it possible that year for those precious shoeboxes to enter my orphanage and to reach me. We were not visited by people locally. We did not really get—I did not get visitors from my family. There are some children who had family members that came to visit them. It was a great day for me. And I heard that day that there is a God who pays attention to me, and He loves me. And that is the reason why He sent Jesus Christ— from heaven to earth, and finally I realized the meaning of the cross. I have seen many crosses in my country, but I did not know that it had something to do with me. And that day made it clear for me when I heard the gospel clearly, and um, I was told that there's a big black bag of burdens on all of our shoulders, and that's sin. That's anything that we have done or anything that was done to us, and we have not forgiven um, the the hatred, resentment we still feel, all those things are still in the bag uh, and we carry it everywhere we go. But Jesus gives us the opportunity to give that burden off to Him. And it made so much sense to me, so I did that. I gave my burden. I literally physically felt lighter. And for the first time, I felt secure. If I could summarize my um, relationship with, with the Lord, I would say, Security In one word, I feel secure. I did then, and to this very day, I feel secure. I'm no longer 10 years old, and yet I feel that same sense um, of security I did that very day. As I prayed to the Lord, He let me know something, another revelation. Uh, He let me know that He is the God of adoption. Just in the stillness of my heart, I just knew He's the one who makes adoptions possible. And in those days, I did not receive a Bible. I'm so thankful that uh, Operation Christmas Child Now shares the gospel in, um, in in ways that children can have in written form uh, the gospel, that they can go back and study and, and take time. I would have loved that. But in my day, I just had it verbally, and I treasured all those things, but the Holy Spirit worked in my heart further. And um, and that's how He let me know that God is the God of adoption. And also, um, as I began to pray to Him and address Him as the God of adoption, He let me know that He intends for me and my sister to be adopted uh, together to a Christian home in America. As unbelievable as that sounded, I believed because God is the founder and perfecter of our faith. And that small seed. Of the shoebox that I received, blossomed into um, more and more faith in God as He worked in my heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because God is real, and I got to hear about God through this wonderful, powerful ministry of Operation Christmas Child, and uh, I just, I just cannot thank God enough. And I, the only way I really know how is to share what He has done, and I hope your faith has been lifted up. Um, because yes, God is real. And that's why we meet here each and every day um, to, uh, to come alongside God in what He is doing around the world. But I want to close in sharing one final story with you. Just a couple of summers ago, my um, my heart was stirred by the same Holy Spirit to go back to my home country. Um, we, we went back in 2016. We did some ministry, um, put in some hot water in the orphanage for the first time. And my orphanage has hot water. And that's also a product of the shoebox that I received and um, remodeled the playground and, and so on. I shared the gospel. Of the children gave out Bibles, but um, now the country is closed officially, so we can't go and do ministry there. Um, but my my heart was stirred to go back, and so I did. So I visited my family uh, that was still remaining there. I visited the orphanage and just uh, spent time with the people, with everyday people. I just wanted to take time there, and but the Saturday night, my heart was stirred. The Lord said, Where, "What church are you going to tomorrow?" And I thought, can I go to church? I don't want to be in trouble, you know. And But the Lord led me, so I went. And step after step like that, He led me to a particular man at the end of service to talk to him. And as we got to talking, now this is an hour and a half away from the orphanage, the churches that God led me to go to. I met a man who said he's been to the village where I I was living. I said, what were you doing there? And he said, well, I did some ministry. So we got to talking and he said, "Um, we gave out these boxes to the children in the orphanage. I mean, there is no other boxes that I know of that went out to the children of the orphanage. I, my whole life that I lived there, there was just once that we received this. And so I said, what, what do you mean? At what ministry was it? He said, Oh, what was it? It was so many years ago. Oh, the purse of the Samaritan. <laughs> And I just couldn't believe it that God reconnected us. For so many years, I've wondered, who was it? Who was it specifically? I mean, God didn't have to tell me, but I just wanted to know who was it that made it possible on that side? Who found us? Uh, because, you know, there's so many people that it takes to make it possible. But God, in His mercy, allowed us to be connected. And it so turned out that He has wondered, has there been fruit from my labors? And so he was there all those years ago in that same church. He's still there to this day. His name is Victor. He was there during the challenging times of um, uh, when it was so hard to share the gospel. And during the highlight when there were tools, he said, the American church called and they gave me Tools to go and share to my people," he said, it was so hard. So many orphanages just said, "No, we don't want that radical message, but we'll take the gifts. And he said, no, we have to do both. And he said, it was so hard, but he found enough orphanages who said yes to both. And my orphanage was one of them. And so I'm so thankful. And, uh, my message to him was, God sees you. God sees you, uh, your efforts. And he's still there, even to the low times of, um, you know, COVID. There was hardly anybody in that church, but he was there. And so I just think that would be an encouragement to you because you are here. You are here. You're behind the scenes. You're, or in the front lines. You're, you're doing so much work each and every day. And I want you to know that God sees you. And it may not be, but 20, 30 years from now that you will find out. Uh, some of the fruits from your labors, and I hope today has been one of them. May God richly bless you as you continue to serve Him each and every day, as you continue to plant seeds, because our God is real, and our God is mighty. He is the God of miracles. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let us continue to press along, because the day is coming near that we will be together as the royal family of God. Let's bring in the remainder of our family, those children who have not yet been and adopted. Thank you, in Jesus' name.
1: Every time someone shares a devotion, it's impactful. But Irina's story was so powerful and unique. Uh, We just wanted to include it on the podcast. It had many of our staff, myself included, in tears. I hope you were encouraged by Irina's story, the way that the Lord transformed her life. He reached her with a shoebox. He truly is El Roy, the God who sees. Her, her testimony reminds me of Hagar, who, who comes to us in Genesis, and then God comes to her twice in her life. But in Genesis 16, Hagar had fled into the wilderness. Uh, the, the, the Israelites, the people had mistreated her. She was scared, she was alone, and she was hopeless. And God came to her in her desperation. And he gave her a blessing and a promise. And she felt seen and known in that moment. And I love Genesis 16, 13. She says, She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. And Hagar's circumstances, they didn't change. God asked her to go back and submit to the people who had wronged her. Uh, But she had seen God. And she had felt seen by Him, and He changed her and gave her a purpose. And Irina's life was changed by an encounter with God. She felt seen, loved, and adopted through the gospel because of a gift of a shoebox. And I also love how Irina talked about how God adopts us. As an orphan, she treasured the gospel, and she understood that God had adopted her. Ephesians 1.5 says, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. As Christians, we are spiritually adopted as sons through Jesus Christ. Uh, my son Levi, he recently asked in the car um, if his brothers were adopted, and you know it took me a minute. At first, I said nobody. Remember, we've talked about this, um, but then it then it hit me. That yes, we were all adopted. Uh, We were all adopted by God. We were all sinners, separated by God, lonely and orphaned, and God rescued us. And so we have that in common. And so I explained to Levi that he was adopted twice. He is twice chosen, redeemed, loved, pursued. Uh, But the spiritual adoption is far more significant. God is the perfect father. And I'm thankful that Levi is his son. And I actually told him tonight, I said, buddy, uh, you are adopted and, and your adoption spiritually is more important. And he said, well, you're important too, Mom. I love you and dad. Um, but, you know, my love and, and Edward's love, they pale in comparison to the love of the Father. And um, John 1 12 through 13 says, but to all who did receive him, He gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. So those who receive him, they're given the right to be children of God. And I love how faithful Christians like Victor... who who partnered with Operation Christmas Child many years ago and fought to get these boxes into the hands of these orphans um, and the partners that continue to work with Operation Christmas Child to get shoeboxes and the Gospels into the lives like Irina. I'm so grateful. National Collection Week is complete. Uh, and Operation Christmas Child is in full swing to process the boxes and get them into the kids. But it's never too late to pack a shoe box. Uh, you can drop off a shoe box at one of the eight processing centers in the United States or you can build a box online. Go to our website to learn more about how you can impact children like Irina. Um, and I also want to update you with our ongoing work in Ukraine. As Hannah mentioned, she she welcomed and and opened the devotions that morning, she talked about we are still working in Ukraine, and we recently set up an emergency field hospital to care for people who are caught in the wake of the violence, and it's located in a recently liberated area. Uh, Our staff members, they're truly the bravest people I know. They're willing to leave their comforts of home. They're willing to sign a waiver and go into the danger zone uh, to share the gospel with the people in Ukraine to know that they have not been forgotten. So we want to give you some updates and let you know what Samaritan's Purse is doing in Ukraine. It's been nine months since Russia first invaded Ukraine in February, and our teams have been deployed ever since. Throughout this time, the needs have changed over and over again. I spoke with Blake Welsh, the Regional Manager of the Ukraine Projects, to get an update of our work there.
3: It's a fluid situation. Things change day to day, sometimes hour to hour.
1: One of the reasons we've been able to adapt so quickly is because of our partnerships with the local churches in Ukraine. We're currently partnering with 178 churches.
3: If it wasn't for our church partners, we wouldn't be able to do the work that mm-hmm. we're doing. These church partners, that's their communities, you know that's their home, that's their people. And so they know the places to go to help people.
1: Through all of these projects—winterization kits, food distributions, medical help at our emergency field hospitals— we've been able to help more than 8.5 million people. But for the people that are still in the active war areas or the red zones, there's continued stress— and with the bitter cold of oncoming winter weather coming in, people have a sense of dread. But Blake told me that the people are strong and resilient, and they still have
3: hope. Our team there is telling us that, that Ukrainians have hope that they believe their country is going to be restored. Um, and so we're, we're just praying that the aid that we are providing is just going to provide a, a profound influence on the hope that's already felt by Ukrainians. Um, You know, we're praying that uh, Ukrainians just know that they're not abandoned, uh, that the love of Jesus Christ exists there despite the circumstances that they've experienced over the years.
1: Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you were challenged and encouraged uh, to pray more specifically for Ukraine and for Operation Christmas Child. If you wanna hear more information about any of our projects, uh, go to our website, samaritanspurse.org, or you can also listen to old episodes that we've published. Uh, This month for National Adoption Month, we we shared a special um, episode on orphan care, uh, but we've also published many episodes on the work of Ukraine. Many of our correspondents have traveled to the front lines and we have several episodes in the past that you can listen to. You can also join our community on Instagram at onthegroundsp to see exclusive behind-the-scenes content. Thank you so much again for your prayers and for joining us today. God bless you.